Welcome to Savage and Average. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. That is my co-host, Travis Jones, the man behind the microphone producing this shit show here we call Savage and Average. Uh, Mr. Travis Jones joins us. Matt McChesney, Travis Jones, after Turkey Day, we've got a lot to talk about today. College football, who's going to be coaching where, the coaching carousel continues, uh, a lot of NFL news, a lot of shit going on in the NFL world, to say the least. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is a maybe the worst coach in the history of NFL coaching. We'll talk about that uh, on top of uh, some really good turkey gay games and just an overall really kick-ass weekend. Um, and look, right off the bat, uh, we just want to say thank you and give thanks to our uh, incredible uh, sponsors here on Savage and Average. Uh, not only the Colorado Center for Functional Medicine, all they do for the Dungeon family, uh, but also Rico Burritos and all they do for the Dungeon family uh, to feed these guys on a daily basis. So they keep them stocked with protein and, and, and looking good, feeling good uh, over at Colorado Center for Functional Medicine and then Rico's Burritos and all they do uh, to, to fuel the Dungeon family. So uh, we're thankful for, uh, for the people to take care of us. And uh, we're going to start off the show um, where we should. With, uh, you know, just look at the big man's hat. You know where his allegiance is lie. And uh, this weekend was an incredible weekend. If you're a, a Michigan fan uh, and, and part of the family, as, as Travis is, as his son Connor uh, is, is a redshirt freshman up there in Ann Arbor this year. And Reese Adbury, another Dungeon family member, member uh, you know, was is a little bit older than Connor. And, and a backup lineman up there was on the trip. And they walk into the shoe. And uh, not just beat Ohio State again, but beat the absolute shit out of Ohio State again. Uh, the second half was absolute domination, uh, lining up and just annihilating them between the numbers, uh, being more physical than them. We, we talked about this a lot, that this team is kind of built to beat Ohio State. Harbaugh's got his pieces moving in the right direction. They're bought in. Uh, and the, the big plays are really what, Caught me a little off guard where the minute they walked those safeties up, he was not afraid to go downtown. So I'd love to get your opinion about this, you know, being a, a dad of one of the players and what you heard from your son and just how excited they are to uh, get a shot at Purdue in the Big Ten title. And, you know, Connor's looking at a whole lot of hardware just the first year that he's in Ann Arbor. So pretty yeah, you know motivating. Yeah, it, he's he's pretty excited. Uh, did get an opportunity to chat with him for a little bit, just get his perspective on it. And obviously, you know, he's pumped for his boys. He's pumped for the opportunity and everything. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing out of this is one. It, I I believe it solidified the offensive line, especially that second half adjustment that they made um, uh, in, in how they just handled that that line of scrimmage. Uh, but I think it solidifies them as as the Joe Moore uh, award winner. The, that would be the first back-to-back. Uh, back. A um, couple other things that, that came out of that. Uh, first time in 22 years that Michigan went down to the shoe and beat Ohio State. Um, so 2000. That's 2000, yeah. So a lot of these guys on the team, uh, if not all of them, uh, have never experienced a win. Uh, down in Columbus. Uh, so that's that's pretty big. Um, and then my little takeaway is is uh, going back to going up going back just uh, almost two years ago, um, year and a half ago, the comment that uh, you know that came out of the out of Columbus about hanging a hundred. And uh, 
you know, I think if you combine the two scores, what was it? Uh, 40, 42, 27 and 45, 23. Um, I, think, I think Michigan is, is closer to that <laughs> mark than, uh, than Ohio state is. And it's interesting, man. It's, it's, you know, I've got family that's back in Ohio. I've got friends that are back in Ohio and, and uh, just the, just everything that's coming out of there, like, you know, calling for Ryan day's job. I mean, this is a guy that's had what five losses in three years of coaching there. And, you know, any other program that they're, 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 you know, like, okay, that's, it's a loss, but like we're successful. And they're like, no. And that's just, that's what this rivals are about. It doesn't matter about anything else. You can go one and 10, um, you can go zero and 10, you can go 11 and zero. but if, if you don't beat uh, the, the, your rival in this, like, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. And, and I'm glad that the rivalry is back. I yeah, really me too. Well, you know, no offense to Michigan, but they didn't hold up their end of the deal for a long time. You know, Ohio State dominated that rivalry for years, and the tables have turned. Harbaugh's built a team uh, in in Ann Arbor that is more physical. Uh, they have a chip on their shoulder. They know that if they keep beating on that that scarlet and gray wall that has seemed impenetrable. Uh, in the Eastern Division there of the Big Ten, that it'll break, and it has now two years in a row. Uh, C.J. Stroud, for all of his accolades, is, you know, going to the league and is going to go there never beating Michigan and is going to, you know, no Big Ten East titles and no Big Ten Conference titles. And I'm just glad there's new blood, uh, honestly. I'm glad that Michigan is back at the level that they're supposed to be at. Uh, college football is better when Michigan's good. It's better when SC is good. It's better when Colorado's good. It's better when Nebraska's good. We're going to talk about all that here in a minute. Uh, but, you know, these these rivals at Thanksgiving, they're supposed to mean something. Um, they want, it's the college football that I grew up on, that these games are supposed to mean something. The games at this time of year are the determining factor in whether or not you're going to your conference championship or not, whether or not you're achieving your goals as a team. When I played, that's every, you know, every November was winning time. If you're playing in November the way you're supposed to, you should be playing for some hardware at some point during your season. So I'm just, I'm so proud of Connor and Reese and all the guys up there in Ann Arbor, uh, you know, for, for all they're achieving and the foundation they're building. That's really the key here is being a part of that program. You see the steps and it's taken Harbaugh and all the shit he had to eat and all the people that wanted his head for so long. It took him so long to build it. And then you look on the other side, in Ohio State, and he was born on third base here, but he was part of the staff for such a long time. I, I kind of resent that, you know, he was born on third base thing. He just was promoted uh, after he worked his ass off to get the job. So, look, firing day would be the most idiotic thing on earth. Ohio State's not snap judgment like that. Now, they lose again next year, and they get embarrassed. Uh, okay, if they drop a little bit because of this, okay, we'll see. I mean, they're not going to have the same kind of team next year they do this year. This was supposed to be their redemption tour. Uh, they're going to lose a lot to the NFL. Uh, but that that's no excuse, especially in the transfer portal era. They, they can reload pretty quick, and they will. Um, this I just love the fact that this – I think you could be looking at another situation now where you're looking at another 10-year war, where Michigan and Ohio State have, like, you know, say Ohio State pulls out a fucking stunner next year and beats number one Michigan in Ann Arbor, and then the next year Michigan beats them, and 
when they're not supposed to win. And like the back and forth of what made this fucking rivalry so good when Shen Beckler and, and you know, the, the guys in Ann Arbor and, and Woody fucking Hayes and, and Ohio State and all that hatred and that, that rivalry that really college football is built on. So it's what every other rival uh, aimed to be like, you know, when, when Shen Beckler took over Michigan, he identified Ohio State as like that. This is our main, we got to go after them and beat them. And, you know, when McCartney, who's a Michigan man, took over CU, he used that model and said, Nebraska's are, we're going after the top dog. We got to make them our rival. And that, you know, that mindset and that foundation was built on the same kind of thinking. So I think Michigan's got a real chance to kind of dominate this rivalry here early in, in this, this like little phase because Harbaugh was what? Oh, and five against Ohio state until yeah. the last two years. Yep. So it's almost like the, it was like a COVID reset. Like they didn't play for a year and like, it's almost Ohio state forgot that they had just been dominating the fuck out of this rivalry. And like, I'm telling you, I was on, t- I was on a team that, that turned the tide into rival. Well, we'd see you and not beat Nebraska in 11 years or 10 years. And they were all close losses and just heartbreaking shit. And then you're on teams that just annihilate them and wax them and beat them back-to-back years and three out of four, and it turns the tide. I, I feel like the foundation is there for them to go on a fucking run. Like, if I'm Connor and Reese, I'm sitting there talking about, you know, we have an opportunity never to lose to these people at this point. Like, that motivation to get four of those little gold pants, man, that's got to be fucking just, <laughs> just such an awesome fucking feeling, you know. Like, and Connor's going to get a set of gold pants, dog. That's dope. As well, that's fuck. that's an Ohio State thing. That, uh, that Michigan guys don't get gold pants. No, no, Ohio oh, State well, gets gold pants. Gold pants um, I thought everybody got gold pants. No, no, Michigan gets just gets that. They get they get the bigger thing. They get that 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 ring. That that conference championship ring, which I think is is better than a uh, you know little little uh, you know cheap pair. Of yeah, I thought everybody got gold pants. No, that that's an Ohio that. State thing that that uh, was done. But I mean, the biggest thing I you know I was I was uh, doing a little bit of research and, and understanding kind of like Harbaugh's like um, uh, journey, at, you know, from twenty what was that 2014, 2015 when he came aboard. And early on, the reason I think the reason why there wasn't the success there was was you know he was he was doing other schemes, other systems, and everything. And and uh, you know I, I think it was 2018 was when uh, he was like you know enough well, let's let's do do this the way that I know how to do this how I when I played here and how it was built. And uh, I think the key component of that too was is, is uh, partnering up with John Harbaugh. And really, you know, passing on things that are that were that have been successes between uh, the two brothers at the professional levels in their journeys and, and then in the college ranks. And that pipeline is awesome, man. I mean, I don't I don't see how you can you can lose two coordinators, coordinators. And then the next year, not not even like we're, we're talking about be the better. Be better. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of bittersweet because when you have success, guess what? Other teams come and knocking, so I'm I'm just I'm kind of sitting back and waiting and like, all right, who we're we gonna lose? Who's you know? And I'm happy for them because they're great Everybody. guys. I mean, you're yeah. gonna lose. They're gonna lose four more assistants this year. They're right. But look, the the smash mouth like the Harbaugh mentality. You look at the Ravens, 
who the Broncos play this upcoming week. Smash mouth. They're going to line up and abuse you. And yep. they know they're better than you are. And if they don't fuck up, they win. Michigan, they know they're better than you. They're going to line up and execute, and they're going to act like they're not, and they're going to work their ass off. They've adopted the mentality of their coach, which is we're not here to we're not here to like dress up and play football. We're here to line up and kick your ass. Uh, and you know, they would literally do it in a fucking you know in a, in a driveway with trash bags on if they had to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think they really care. You know, the I love the, one thing I do love about what he did when he went back there is he stopped with all the cute uniform bullshit. Like he just went back to the way Michigan is supposed to look. Yeah, and it's it's I that's the one thing that the purity of that game this year especially. And last year, last year, what they had uh, the the traditional uniforms as well. But to see the scarlet and gray and the Buckeyes and the fucking the all white Michigan with the goddamn wing tips and the footballs, it just it takes you back to the old school football like we're talking about. So, yeah, and he brought talking. those 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 stickers and he brought the back. So the he had to bring them back. Yeah. They're, well, there are two. There have been two different ones. The the ones that most people are aware of is the ones with just the Wolverines on them. But these are stickers that. Like this is these guys get their helmets when their career's done, and like those stickers accumulate. So like you know the the sticker for the game is on there. Now those guys, you know, some of the, most of those guys have stickers of of two games on there, um, in in the rivalries and everything. So it's it talks about a journey, man. And I I think that honestly, you know, that's got to rank up there as a, like one of the ultimate you know trophies to take away. It's not oh, just helmets, but like the journey described through those stickers, man. It's I, I love that tradition, man. Yeah, well, it, look, he's got him on a roll, and from a college football playoff perspective, just moving into the next part of this, look, Georgia, I imagine Georgia's going to roll LSU. LSU lost to AM this weekend. They're on their own journey, but good season for LSU, but they'll finish 10-4. and four. Georgia's in regardless. I think TCU can beat Kansas State, but I think Kansas State's going to beat TCU, which is going to make a huge problem. I think USC is shitting their pants because they drew Utah, and I think Utah's going to line up and beat USC's ass, and that's going to create a huge fucking problem. I do think Michigan's going to pummel Purdue. Purdue can't stand up to Michigan. but So Michigan and Georgia are in at one and two. I truly believe TCU and fucking Utah are going to beat SC and TCU, and I'm going to bet that they do. And, I mean, last week – I hit a parlay on Michigan and South Carolina, uh, and then I took the points on Oklahoma State uh, or on Oregon State. So I hit all three of those on one parlay, which was nice, um, obviously. So I, I'm going to parlay these together. They, Kansas State almost beat TCU in Fort Worth this year, and Utah just beats the hell out of USC consistently. So if that happens, what <laughs> – I think TCU has a better chance of falling to fourth and staying in because you've got so many two lost teams behind them. And I, I don't think that they can rationalize. Well, I guess they can rationalize fucking anything, but at that point, I think Ohio state gets back in and then I don't know who the fourth team is. So I almost, I almost hope that they don't lose because honestly, I'd love to see Georgia, Michigan, TCU and SC. You have four conferences fucking, you know, represented and you got all conference champions and like it just makes sense. 
But I, I just have a feeling that SC saw Utah get in, and they're like, fuck. And TCU saw Kansas State get in, and they're like, fuck. <laughs> well, I think the worst-case scenario for, the, for those last two spots is if USC wins – TCU loses and Ohio State is 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 uh, is you know is, is idling um, in, in week 13. So now you've got three 12 and one teams and, and I think the the committee's got it this way that they've been looking at schedules this year and really putting a lot of weight in schedules. They're going to look at okay, who is your one loss? So you've got USC beating Utah and avenging their one loss. So I think that looks good. Um, and then you've got TCU losing to K-State. K- K and then you've got Ohio State losing to the number two team in the nation. And that's what I'm hearing out of the Ohio State world is, is hey, you know, this is probably the best worst case scenario for us is we lost to the number two seat two team we're we're 11 and one and and we are only losses to the number two team in the nation that value point should put us you know ahead of any other team that's 11 to one that's the argument at least um you know either way i think whoever ends in that fourth spot is just you know looking at a, a at a slow death to their season because no one's going to go down to uh you know the peach bowl in atlanta and beat a home team Georgia, even though it's a neutral site, it's not. We all know that. I mean, there's going to be dogs barking well, in that state. I, I don't necessarily agree with no one can beat them. I think that in, in college football especially, I think that there's the possibility to catch a kid sleeping every week. So that, But that said, it, it, they are going to be heavy favorites. It, look, if Ohio State ends up being the fourth seed because TCU or SC choke, that that's how they get in. So one of those two teams lose, yep. Yep. and they're out. And then Ohio State's the four. The other teams the three. Michigan's playing either TCU or USC. Man, Michigan USC would be a fucking great game, huh? Yeah. They're playing. They're, you know, they're playing that in the playoff. But look, I think if if it turns out to be, you know, I, I think that if SC beats Utah. And they beat them by two touchdowns, which they could do. They're really good. But Utah's just got SC's number, in my opinion. They know how to beat that team and line up and fucking physically just smash them. Uh, It's a huge litmus test for SC because that's what they're going to have to play regardless in the playoff. Either Georgia's going to line up and hit him in the fucking mouth, the one versus four, or Michigan's going to line up and hit him in the fucking mouth, two versus three. So whatever it is, they got to get their fucking mind right. You want to go play one of those two teams, and get your teeth kicked in. You got to show that you can stand up to a Utah team that kicks your fucking teeth in. And then TCU and the story that they've had this year is outstanding. I mean, tip of the cap to them. They were five and seven last year. I want them to win. I mean, I, I like Kansas State. I, we've got some guys there. There's a great relationship with that staff. I like the way they do things. They're an old rival of mine from the Big 12 North. I wish that C was still in that conference, honestly. <laughs> Um, and they're going to fucking play TCU so tough, and they've been just balling this year. But there's something special about TCU. And, and look, I think Kansas State will win the game. I'm going to bet that they will. But if TCU wins, I'm not going to be mad about it. And to be honest with you, I hope that I'm wrong. I just have a feeling that trends are going to continue. It's hard to beat Kansas State twice in one fucking year. So... A TCU story is nuts. If they get in and they're the four, because I have a feeling that the committee 
If it, if it goes Georgia, Michigan, SC, TCU, I think that even if TCU is at three when they vote and they both win, I think that they're going to put SC at three so they get the traditional Michigan-SC matchup. And then Fort Worth is pretty close to Atlanta, so you get a good travel base from TCU to Georgia, and that'll fill the Peach Bowl up. Regardless, it's going to be full. But think about the tra- – where's the other game? Fiesta Bowl in Arizona, so Sun Devil so, State. So then you get the Michigan travel to Arizona out of the cold, and SC drives to Arizona. So, yeah, 100%. If they win, if SC and TCU win, I 100% fucking guarantee you that TCU gets slotted at four when the fucking final rankings come out. So they go play Georgia, and SC plays Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. And then those are that's a pretty fucking good final four to me. So – well, like, hey, it's it's a good it representation. Now we've got four conference. Now you got some parity. Yeah. Yes. Instead of having, you know, uh two teams that just played in the conference championship, one losing, and you know, they're getting in the college football playoff, which is what we get normally, you know. Well, look, if they when they go to 12 teams, I'm cool, I'm cool with those teams making the playoff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a 12, can you imagine how fucking cool a 12 team playoff would be this year? It it just it, I, I don't think it would take away from the games either because you still want to beat your rival's ass and it still matters for seeding. And, like, you may have to play them again in the playoff. You don't want to go – you don't want to lose in fucking the shoe and then go have to go to Ann Arbor and fucking play them in three weeks. <laughs> Fuck that. You want to win that game. So this assumption that it's going to, like, minimalize the games is ridiculous. I don't see that happening in any way, shape, or form. And if anything, it'll just maximize more games – because it makes everybody, everybody's game so important. Like Clemson losing to South Carolina could put Clemson out of the 12-team playoff this weekend. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens moving forward. But, you know, you see where we stand on all this. Obviously, we're we're pulling for, you know, Michigan, USC. We've got guys on both teams. Uh, it'd be pretty cool to see them, them play each other in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, and then Georgia and TCU, we'll see what happens there. But look, a Georgia-Ohio State matchup would be pretty fucking outstanding as well. So we will see what happens. Um, well, and and, and li- look at that. I mean, if Georgia, if Georgia and Ohio State happens and, and Ohio State beats Georgia, and you've got Michigan versus Ohio State, State Michigan I, rematch? Oh, that's a <laughs> you want to talk about a rivalry? Holy fuck. Uh, that, that, that'll be, that would be as crazy as Alabama Georgia was a couple of years ago where they meet each other again. So, yep. Yep. you know, LSU Alabama played for the national title one year. That was fucking nuts. So, you know, these, these games are all really important and college football is pretty awesome, even for all of its faults. Absolutely. Uh, so, Let's talk about some of those faults. Um, <laughs> the coaching carousel continues. Matt Rule goes to Nebraska. I think that's a good hire for them. Hopefully he can turn that program around there. I don't like the fact that they're bad. I want to beat their ass when they're good. Um, you know, Deion Sanders, Ryan Walters, amongst some other names, the defense coordinator at Illinois, and everybody knows who primetime is, are rumored to be the two front runners for the Colorado job, Deion being the, the – the front runner for that job. Um, obviously, he's been offered the position. Um, I obviously want him to take the fucking job. I think it would be incredible. Um, I think Ryan Walters would be also an unbelievably good fit. Um, but but for some reason, I just think that Dion's number one. 
And I know what that reason is. He's fucking prime time. His team's 11 and 0 in Jackson State. They got the shit together. I think he'd be able to recruit just about anybody in the country to Boulder quick. Um, he would bring the coolness and the swag back to Boulder, which I, I was there in an era where we were, you know, kind of the bad boys. And we were, you know, and, and people didn't like us and our rivals didn't like us. And that's because we were kicking your ass. So it's, <clears throat> it's better to be hated in Boulder uh, by the people that you're playing than looked at like we are now, which is a pushover. Uh, and I, I think he would immediately legitimize uh, the program and this fear that he would leave. Well, if he turns it around and gives a shit, leave, you know, we'll, we'll build off your success and say, thank you. And you'll always be part of the family. I just don't see a situation where prime comes into Boulder and they're not successful. He's fucking prime time. Like you actually think he's going to fail. That man doesn't know what fail means. So I, uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, bro. I'm, I really hope this happens. I, I think uh, I think a lot of a lot of questions are going to be answered after this weekend. Uh, both um, both candidates that um, you know South Board is looking at is playing this weekend, so that's going to give us a tip of the hat too. With that, I, we all know Primetime came out. What was it yesterday in a press conference? And, and he's he's not even really entertaining in your energy. You know, well, behind they, the scenes, one thing, but. Weekend. But, but, I mean, he's doing it like a professional. And he's and been I, I like that. I like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like, the fact that he said, look, I'll make a decision on Saturday night after we win our game and finish 12-0 and before our bowl game. And that is some professional shit to me. But that that's, means that that's he, motivation. That means he can hold his fucking water. And, and that's also motivation for, yeah. you know, if him coming up to Boulder, it's like, okay, he's going to come up. He's business. Yes, he, got, he has – he has all of the 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 bling and the and the lights and the attention and everything, but he knows how to handle it. And that's I think that's the thing that sets it apart. He knows how to handle that because he's lived that as a player at the highest level in baseball, at the highest level. Well, he, he's not just the curl, right? He's not just the Jerry yep. Curl and the gold necklace. Yeah. He's he's Deion Sanders and then everything else that comes with him. He's, right. My favorite line of Deion, my favorite, the favorite, my favorite thing he says. And I try and live by this because my presence intimidates people at times. And I've had to learn that that's not my problem. That's their problem. And he's always saying, like, my confidence and the way I feel about myself and how happy I am, if that affects you negatively in some way, then that says something about you, not me. Right. And I, that's what they, they need, that unapologetic confidence and swag in Boulder again. They need that bad because the, the program is so downtrodden you know, the transfer portal opens up officially on Monday. Grad transfers are already hitting. I, I mean, th- this book I got in front of me, you know this. You you work here. I mean, fuck. The grad transfers are nuts right now. Everybody's looking to move. You can reload a football team pretty quick if you find yeah. motivated dudes. So if, if he does come to Boulder, I think that they can load quickly and turn it around pretty fast. On top of the fact that he brings his son with him to play quarterback and Travis Hunter to play whatever position he wants. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the the multitude of other players around the country that will gravitate towards him and his coaching staff. I mean, fucking Warren Sapp came out today just, and was like, I was just gonna was say, like, hey, I would love to go coach the D-line if Coach Prime was there. Fucking Warren Sapp's gonna be our D-line coach. Sign me the fuck up for that. You know, I mean, you got, like, you got two gold coat 
wearing dudes. And then who else can go get? You know, like Keyshawn Johnson is is giving his endorsement on national TV. This is what he brings, and this is what we need. Buffalo Nation here, listen to me. We need this. Everybody, say a little prayer. Do whatever you got to do. Good, good feelings. We fucking rub it. We need this to happen. This is something that we are dying to, to need. Like we're sitting here starving in the fucking desert. I need it. And I really think that if it happens, that you're going to see a drastic turnaround uh, in just the way that the, the university is viewed right now. And I don't think that Prime will allow the excuse of like the transfer portal and bullshit like funding and stuff to get in his way. Like, I feel like that's a weak man excuse. It's over now. Like, Come in here and fucking win regardless of the circumstance. And I, I feel that if he does take the job, it assures me that what I'm hearing behind the scenes is real and that they are, they are changing the way things are done in, behind the scenes with the transfer stuff. They're letting kids in. They're looking at it like it's a business because it fucking is. There's no more amateur athletics. You know, you can come here and major in football. That's Okay. It's here to make money. It's here to make get the kids paid. The NIL is flowing. If he takes the job, I have to think that all of that stuff's on the up because why would he fucking take it if it wasn't? Right. Why right. would he even entertain it if he didn't, like, if all that wasn't assured, why would he even entertain it? And the, if I had any advice to him and his team, that's what I would tell him. Like, don't even entertain it. If they're not going to go full in, don't even entertain it. So... The fact that he is entertaining it and he, this is so serious, it, it gives me a lot of confidence that it's going to be productive. Well, and, and it's just some of the things I'm hearing too is that we should under we should hear a pretty good update here uh, tomorrow Thursday about that transfer transfer uh, um, uh, process that has happened up in Boulder. And I will tell you this: I feel like if, if that's a positive. Uh, piece of news that comes out of Boulder. I think that's just the 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 forecast of what's going to happen this exactly. week. Yep. Because because they haven't been able to get it done prior to that. There's so many coaches that have been fighting that battle up in Boulder to 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 readjust and reevaluate that that system, that admin system for grad transfers coming in and and transfers in general that that have failed and failed and failed. And now it's like okay, we're done with having the lack of success in Boulder. I mean, it, the, Boulder is a place where a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of kids want to play because of just everything that you see visually around it. And, and they want to play in a stadium like that. And I know we were, you were talking the other day on, on a JB show about tradition and whatnot, but that's, that's a part of tradition that I feel like kids get. They understand uh, the, the the stadiums that they want to play in, and I think Boulder is one of the. It's they've got to be a top five stadium as far as uh, environment and place to play, and and that the, the crowd be running out stuff. and all of that. Like it's you, you just you get the goosebumps. You want to go run through a wall, and and so now you bring Dion in, who who is smart when it comes to putting people around him to compliment him. Right. He's he's not going to come in there and be that traditional coach. No, he's going to be the guy that's going to be the man. I don't want him to be. He's going to but he's going to put coaches around him. He's going to put components around him to to make sure the recruiting's there, to make sure the publicity is there and that the the light is shining where it needs to shine. And that distraction, he comes in and says, huh, that 
that's distraction. We're not even yep. going to talk about that. And I'm going to shield that. And, you know, if you're going to come with that, you're not, you're not coming back. You're not coming well, back. He, he only wants professionals. He says it on social media constantly. He actually knows how to use social media. He's very productive on it. He, he's exactly what they need. And I'm praying to God that he can turn that place into what it was when I was there, which is always competitive. You know, we'll hit you in the mouth. And I think that, that there's a misconception about Prime. I think that he really likes to turn shit around. I think that he is jonesing at the opportunity to come in here and turn this place into a 10 or 11 game winner a year. And I don't think he would just jump at any opportunity. I think that he would be extremely prideful of what he built and turn it into a fucking powerhouse, bro. The only place that I could see him going to immediately would be Florida State. And my man Mike Norvell's got that place fucking humming right now. They're not getting rid of him anytime soon. Right. So I, I don't think that he leaves and and early. But again, we have to get him here first. So fingers crossed uh, that that Deion Sanders is the next coach here in Boulder. In a perfect world, I'd love for Deion to just hire Ryan Walters as the defense coordinator and pay him like two million a year just to keep him happy and let Ryan run the defense and let Deion run the run the team and the admin stuff and recruiting all that shit and then uh then then we'll see so i'm really excited it's an exciting time to be a buffalo and i really hope this happens because if it doesn't my heart's gonna hurt even more than it does right now and i don't know if i've ever been this emotionally scarred from like just an entire era of colorado football like i'm gonna say this again and i fucking hate that i say this we haven't won a bowl game since I was a senior. I turned 41 like two weeks ago. So my kids have never really seen a good CU team. There's been one team that I've been really proud of since 2004, and that's the 2016 Phil Lindsay team that won 10 games. That's the way it should be in Boulder all the time. So, all right, well, look, it is what it is. Uh, <clears throat> we just, again, want to give a huge shout-out to our sponsors, uh, Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. Matt McChesney here, and any of you that are looking to improve performance and get your health in check, reach out to our friends at the Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. Their men's health optimization plan is designed specifically for males that can identify specific health priorities, which many doctors fail to address. They use precision blood work, which looks at your hormones levels, your micronutrient levels, your insulin, and many other markers which are often overlooked. This plan can also include an advanced body composition analysis to see where your body fat, your muscle mass, your visceral fat levels are at any order to establish individual nutrition plans for every single client. Stop relying on fad diets, crazy workout programs, and bro science. Health and fitness are not the same thing. If you want true results, they can help you at CCFM. Mention the podcast Savage and Average to receive a 10%, a 10% discount on every single optimization plan, as well as a free body composition analysis and nutrition consultation. Their website is www.ccfuncmed.com. That's www.ccfuncmed.com. Or call them at 303-500-3038. And Rico's Burritos for all that they do. This is Matt McChesney from Savage and Average, the owner and operator down here at Six Zero Football Academy. And I want to talk to you about our friends over at Rico's Burritos. Uh, the Rico Burritos 
keep me rolling on a daily basis. My sons eat them constantly. My 12-year-old my over here is staring at me right now. She scarfs down uh, another one of these badass burritos from Rico's Burritos. It's a hearty 10-ounce breakfast burrito offered in eight different flavors, three delicious uh, breakfast combinations, five scrumptious lumps, lunch options, and the, the pride that is taken in offering a high-end restaurant-quality burrito uh, is second to none. The finest ingredients you can find, authentic recipes that have been in the Garcia family for 30 years. Uh, Young Cruz is in the program over here working his ass off on a daily basis. Uh, Rick Garcia, his father, played at Oregon State back in the day. and they, they put the same passion and intensity that they have in every walk of life, in their training and chasing everything down that they want into their family business, Rico's Burritos. Uh, for over 30 years, the ingredients and flavors uh, have been identified as the best in the business. And the moment you bite into one of these unbelievably delicious burritos, you will know. Uh, check it out. The website is www.ricosburritos.com. That's www.ricosburritos.com. And it'll give you all the locations, how to purchase the burritos, so on and so forth on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is at Rico's Burritos, and Instagram is Real Rico's Burritos. That is Rico's Burritos, a proud sponsor of Savage and Average over here at Six Zero Football Academy, and we are rolling. All right, so as we continue here, uh, hopefully everything works out in both of the way we want it to, and we're going to move into the NFL now. Thank you to our sponsors. As always, that's Travis Jones. I am Matt McChesney, and we're going to run through this pretty quick. Uh, we were going to have uh, Jet Center Connor McGovern on today, uh, but there's some miscommunication between 6-0 and I, and we will have him on next week, so hopefully the Jets can get a win over Minnesota coming up this weekend, and we can keep the party going in New York, and baby, I am partying. They are keeping my football light burning. Uh, that game last week against the Bears was awesome. I love watching the Dungeon family play against each other. Mike Pinnell, the no-sack for Chicago, and McGovern, the center for the Jets. I just got to tip my cap to Connor. I put a video out of, of him and his play this weekend, and it was, bro, like, Travis, bro, holy fuck. Like, he's the, 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 amount, the amount of pride that I have and watched my guys dominate from Jensen to McGovern, Morgan Fox the other night for the Chargers was all over the fucking screen. All the college kids blow up every weekend. It it kicks ass. I fucking love it, bro. It's awesome. It's just McGovern was – it was clinic tape the other day against the Bears. Yeah, it was. It, it's it, – it's – it is nice to see that, you know, from my perspective, you know, I got a, I got a, a, a son that came through the program. He's in college and everything. And, you know, hopefully he's blessed to, to be uh, in that, in that and to be able to see the path that's laid by these guys that have come through here that, that put in the work and they, they you know, the recipe is there. And so uh, it's, it's exciting to see that, man. I got to tell you, man, that the, the, those games on Thanksgiving though, Holy cow. fire. 42 million viewers for Cowboys Giants. That's nuts. I mean, so so you got three games, right? And, and what are we used to on Thanksgiving? You know, we oh, watch yeah. a game, we eat some Thanksgiving dinner, and then we take a nap because the tryptophan kicks in from the turkey, right? And, and the, the games are usually terrible. Yeah, but we've got three games that Buffalo, Detroit, three points separated them. New York, the New York and Dallas, eight points separate them. And then New England and Minnesota, seven points separate them. The audience was engaged. Glued. 
It, they all have playoff atmospheres. All those teams are battling for spots. The playoffs this year, the on both sides of the bracket, the teams are stacked. The AFC and NFC East are fucking awesome. People made trades at the tread deadline to stack their teams. And look, we're not going to sit here and talk about every game. Um, I, I'm on. I'm on altitude ninety two five Monday and Friday from ten to noon. We'll talk about the Broncos more then. But uh, look, there were some good games. I, I'm looking at the, the whole of the NFL right now, and it's getting better and better week by week. They're starting to figure out the shell defense. Everybody was running at the beginning of the year has scoring down. It's not surprising to me that Kansas City is the cream of the crop of the AFC. It's not surprising to me how good Philadelphia looked on Sunday night. or on, Yeah, Sunday night. Bro, Jalen Hurts in those Concord 11s, by the way, dog. Oh, my God. So icy. So icy. I got... I, my respect level for Hertz went through the fucking roof. <laughs> but just for him to do what he did, the, the 320 some odd rushing yards, that's the way that I wish the Broncos would attack things and operate. Like their the offensive line, the, Philadelphia's commitment to building the, the trenches on offense and defense is like no one else. I, I'm, I personally want one of these more athletic quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl this year. Like, I, I would love Philadelphia to win it just to put this fucking narrative that, like, Coach JB and everybody runs with this, you can't win it, we can't win with a running quarterback. And it, it right. it's true. Steve Young was a pretty athletic guy, though, and Elway was a pretty athletic guy, although they could spend it, obviously, and they were yeah. throwers first. I, I really want one of these guys to win maybe two or three and, and, like, really calm that narrative down because this is the future quarterback play, bro. Mahomes and Hurts and Josh Allen and all these young cats, they are fucking incredible players. Right. And I think that there's no limit to how good they can be here uh, moving forward. So moving into the Broncos, this is the only thing I'm going to say about them. Number one, well, two things. Number one, this is the most disappointed I've ever been as a Bronco, like as a member of the media covering the team, as a fan growing up here. And then as an alum, I am, I'm like disgusted at this point with the expectation level that was here. And now what's happening. It's disgusting Two, And I'll just ask this question. Is Hackett the worst NFL coach in history? I mean, it, it's, it's charting that way. I mean, so this is, this is not doing him any good, but I mean, we're looking at the worst offense since we had the character Ever. Bronco on the helmet and they Ever. weren't NFL with that, with that helmet. With so the most inept offense in the history of the national football league. Right. But is it, is it, is it because of him being a head coach or is it because of the decisions of the guys he brought around and put around him? I mean, I Both. think it's a first time, first time head coach at a, at a new, like it, it thinks things would probably be different if he was promoted to the head coach at green Bay, but he's a new first time head coach coming to a new place that has standards, right? Like I'm not saying that other sounds doesn't have standards, standards. but there's standards. Yeah. And, and you don't bring in a staff that's going to compliment your inexperience at, at that role. I'm not no, saying he was fucking hired his buddies. Yeah. So like, so, so from that aspect, head coach, I don't know, but I'm questioning some of his leadership t skills. His leadership is terrible. 
I mean, Purcell and Wilson are yelling at each other on the field the other day. I, I'm not reading into that too much, but I, I'm glad somebody yelled at Russell's corny ass a little bit and put him in his place <laughs> like, hey, let's ride. My case, shut the fuck up and do your job, Russ. Like, you know, the, I'm glad somebody did that if, if, at some point. Hackett's damn sure not going to do it. I'm just going to go out and say it. He's the worst head coach I've ever seen in the National Football League, and that's saying something. Um, and I, he's got to go. Like, they, the longer that they ride with this guy, the the further or the closer to hell we're going to get. And at some point, you're not going to be able to pull out of it. Like, the cap number and all the bullshit that they're going to have to put up with, nobody wanting to come to Denver to put up with Russ and the inept, and like the inept offense. And who the fuck wants to come, like, hang out with Mr. Unlimited and all this corny bullshit? Nobody. So, look, we'll talk about all that more on Friday on Altitude 925, 10 a.m., um, <clears throat> we're going to wrap up Savage and Average. We got the Dungeon Family rolling in here today uh, to get this work in. Remember to go check out everything on the social media platforms at Six Zero Academy. Uh, and <clears throat> next week we'll have Connor McGovern on on Tuesday uh, as we keep the party going here on Savage and Average. Travis and I will be back next Tuesday. Uh, say goodbye, T Bone. Have a good one, guys. Goodbye, T Bone. Uh, I'm Matt McChesney. <laughs> that is Travis Jones. Uh, Remember to download and subscribe on YouTube, and thanks for listening, folks.